What's going on, everybody? I'm Hawaii Mike, and you're about to listen to Mask Off. We dive into candid conversations with friends about life and mental health. I'm super excited about this particular episode with my man Crondon. Joint went a little bit long, so we chopped it into two parts. Let's go right into part one. I never looked back. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome, my brother. What's cracking? Hey, man. So... We're here today with a, a, a young man I've known for, man, how many years? Long time. I don't know. Long time. I don't know how long, long time, I am. man. But, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, this man is a, a member of a group called Strong Arm Steady. Yes, sir. A heavy West Coast a representer. Yeah, man. Um, Tobias Whale on yeah. the, the ill show Black Lightning. Yes, sir. His name is Marvin Jones the third. The third one. You know, my yes, guy. Sir. Welcome. What's going on, Mike? Man? Oh, man, I'm, I'm chilling, man. I know you, you are. You know, we hanging out, vibing, man. It's yes, great sir. to see you, smiling, happy, doing, yes, doing incredible things. Man, thank you, man. You know? Yeah. We good, man. So Feeling good. You know, like we've been having a lot of great talks since, you know, we've been chilling. And, uh, yeah. you know, it's just a great conversation about, you know, us, man, about being men, about, you know, self-awareness, about right. mental health, um, right. about our lives, man, because, you know, we don't have this conversation enough, one. Right. Um, two, I think we best learn from sharing man people's experiences right right and and we grab gems from people we look up to people we respect so yeah. what i'm hoping through this show is you know everybody we feature on the show share something that you know people can kind of latch on to and maybe put into their toolbox right totally help them get through life help them get through certain that. situations yeah. and um and man just we, we want to reveal that we're all human man you yeah, know totally no, nobody's safe from from you know being protected or we're not anointed ones or anything like that we all you know deal with the same emotions and, and have everyday life and, and deal with a lot of things, man. Amen. You know? I agree with that totally. Um, I've learned in my life, it's funny you said that we're all human beings because I, a, a thing that it's a true moniker of mine or what I like to, you know, it's a purpose statement, you know? Um, it's a mission statement for me is that, you know, I try to focus on who I'm being Mm-hmm. more so than the things that I'm doing. I think cats like us throughout our lives and careers, we've been afforded the, um, the opportunity and the, the the playing field to do some incredible things, yep. work for ourselves yep. and work for others and, you know, receive a tremendous amount of accolades. Yep. On, our, on our terms. On our terms, you know. And I think that when you're doing great things, or you're doing things that, you know, the average person coming up in the world aspires to do or seems sees as a lofty idea or lofty dream, and you, you seem to do this with, you know, um, precision and ease, you know, and in, in, in through perseverance and, and, and persistence, right, you still come to these points. You can be celebrated so much for what you're doing. You can even celebrate yourself. Or you can even get caught up, you know, and criticize yourself mm-hmm. and be hard on yourself based off of what you're doing yep. or not doing. Or not. You know what I'm saying? And I've suffered from that, to be perfectly honest, a lot in my life. A good majority, you know, of, of my almost 41 years. Yep. Oh, excuse me, 42 years. Uh-oh. Forgive okay. me. Oh, I'm right. about to lie Uh-oh. about my age, right? <laughs> I'll be 42 soon. So... I've 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 suffered from that, you know, yep. coming up as a young a young man in, in the neighborhoods of South Central and trying to have a career in rap 
aspiring and, and, and get out the hood and get out the ghetto, right? Like yep. every black man, yep. right? Yep. Um, only one of three ways, you know? Yep. And um, I suffered from that, you know, and, and envy and, you know, self-doubt based off of, and self-worth mm -hmm. based off of what I was doing mm -hmm. or not doing yep. at, the, at the time. And, and I learned that it's not about what I'm doing, more mm -hmm. so than who I am being. Yep. Who I'm being in the world. Am I being loving? Am I being kind? Am I being generous? You know what I mean? Am I being gracious and appreciative? Mm -hmm. um, um, am I being forgiven? Forgiving, excuse forgiving, me. Yes. Forgiving, yes. You know, and, and long-suffering and these things to the people that I love and to my fellow man that, mm -hmm. that, that I want to receive those same traits and attributes from, right? Mm -hmm. um, what I'm being is more important than what I'm doing. And then it comes to that conclusion that, well, I guess that's why God made us human beings mm -hmm. and not human doings. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. and, and, and saying, you know, okay, well, you know, my children are going to be human beings because mm -hmm. what they're being is more important than what, what they're, they're actually doing. going to do. Mm -hmm. um, and and even the dreams and the 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 you know the ideas that I put inside of them. Yep. You know, I still need them to focus on who they're being. Mm -hmm. So that's helped me throughout my life. You know, in recent times too, and I don't mean like really recent, but as I've matured as you know a man, you know, over the last decade or so, to figure out like okay, the more I'm focused on that, it will allow the things that I'm doing to flourish in the way that uh -huh. they're supposed to. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because so, you're not worried about anything that's outside of your control. Exactly. You're, you're worried about and understanding, like you said, you're forgiving. Exactly. Right? So if anything happens. I gotta, I gotta be okay with that. I, right. I, I have to, I, I have to accept that. I can't change it. It happened. Right. Right. I can choose how I respond mm -hmm. and what I put out to the world and what my mm -hmm. energy is that goes out there. So mm -hmm. yeah, hundred percent. So so let's backtrack a little because we're okay. gonna touch on all of that. So okay. South Central LA, growing up. Yeah, man. Was, come on, man. Talk to me about, <laughs> you know, it. it what were your influences growing up? Who was around? Who wasn't? Like, what were the OGs like around? You know, how how did you just come up? Like, take me through your early years. Um, my early years started um, very humble, and I grew up, you know, in um, a, you know what is the cliche term of a broken home. Um, both my parents were in the streets, you know, addicted to drugs and um, crack cocaine in the eighties, seventies, late seventies and eighties. Yep. And majority of the 80s, I would say, you know, and, and, and a good part of the 90s as well. And um, I, you know, by the grace of God, like most young black men in my situation, um, had a grandmother mm. who was the rock and patriarch of the family. Yep. And not only raised her children, all her children, but all her, her grandchildren as mm. well. Uh, and... Growing up in the 80s, you know, in the beginnings of the hip-hop era, being on the mm -hmm. West Coast, so we're kind of seeing hip-hop from a different perspective yep. and angle and having the gang culture and, um, you know, the crack culture, I like yeah. to say, yeah. being heavily, heavily, heavily infused in the, you know, the environment yeah. that I was living in and... Um, at close proximity, my parents 
taking such a part in it, you yep. know, my father especially, and mother, but my father was both into gangs and drugs, and, you know, I got a close view, like a front row seat, mm -hmm. you know, of the inner workings of gang culture and drug culture, and saw heinous things, bro, before I was 11 years old. Yeah. Did some heinous things mm -hmm. that still haunt me to this day, to be quite honest, Mike, um, and kind of shaped and mold me into who I am. Now, when you say shaped and mold, right? Mm -hmm. You got to kind of define that, right? Because that could have shaped and molded you into a gangbanger. Yeah. That could have shaped and molded you into a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. So, was there a conscious choice not to fully get into that life? Um, eventually. I think in the beginning, because you're a kid and, mm -hmm. and I was so impressionable and 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 so confused as to why am I not like all these people on TV? You know, I think that every kid goes through that, right? Especially in the hood, you know what I mean? I mean, that's what we see, right? That's, what we so see, that's we're, all we we're, have. We're like, taught that that's the perfect life. Yeah, and, yeah, and we're and we're you know we're in in the hood. I always say that um, before anything, it, this is just the truth, man. You know, for me, and, and and this is another thing that stays with me even in my adult life. But in the hood, in the ghetto, mm -hmm. coming up, TVs always were a status symbol of some sort. You know oh, what I'm saying? Yeah. Always. But uh, material things in general. Material things in general, but right? like in specific in the home, nothing else. Nah, nah, nah. Yo, hold on. I'm going to take you back, though, because okay. the 80s, not to interrupt you. Stay right. on that thought. Right. That stereo system. The stereo. The, 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 the whole, that, that hi-fi joint. Come word on, the up, Sony joint. Word up, or, word up, word up. All right, so go ahead. Word up. Stereo and the TV. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. The, the, the entertainment. The entertainment music, shit. The inter that's yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's yeah, my yeah, point, yeah, is yeah, the entertainment yeah. shit, right? Uh -huh. So my point, as kids, you learn, like, and, and you live through the TV, you know, whether it was oh, Starsky yeah. and That's your Hutch imagination. And, yeah, like, you live through mm. the shit, you know? Uh, and so, I, you know, as a kid, you're just trying to figure out, like, well, shit. You know, there's this difference happening yeah. here. Well, what I'm well, saying. well, your life in the hood isn't yeah. on TV. Isn't on TV at this point? No. Yeah. It's not. No. It's no reflection of that. Not nothing at all. So you you really have this divide. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And and what happens for a kid is that when you're around these elements of darkness, and it seems and becomes the norm. Mm -hmm. You take on that persona and that direction by default. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Well, you're a product of your environment. Exactly. Right? It, and 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 I think that it it's it, it can be something that is for a moment in time positive because what it does is it it allows you to find your choices. You know, mm -hmm. and and to understand that you have them, even at a young age. I remember mm -hmm. when I was like ten or eleven, right? And that's one of the first times when I was faced with a real choice in life. Okay. You know, um, to either go to school mm -hmm. or sell dope. Yep. You know, at ten, at eleven. Yeah, I was about eleven, 11. years old, and that was something that even at that time I wasn't really aware of how damaging this choice could be mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah but you are only given what examples you've had mm -hmm. i mean you're only you're only you're only able to take you know direction from the examples that are, you're given so 
I had some fucked examples. Well, it looked normal to you. That was your and, norm. And, exa- and, that, and, and, and in hindsight, I said they were fucked, right? Yeah. But at the time, it was normal. Normal. Yeah. It was normal. It was. It didn't feel like it was like abnormal. Mm-hmm. The only thing that, the only time I didn't feel normal is when I looked on the TV or, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying, if I... But that know. wasn't, but that wasn't real life. And yeah, that and, was... and, and for me, it, did, it didn't, you know what I mean? It was like, Okay, right. This is some other shit. You know what I'm saying? Like it's speaking on like whatever it was on the TV. Three's company. This is yeah. some other shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Even though that's what was that Venice Beach? Right? That was Santa Monica. Santa Monica. Yeah. yeah. So, and 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 at that but time, that didn't look like your life. Even though that's what twenty miles away. And if when that? you're eight, you're eleven years old in South Central Los Angeles, bro, and you know LA, yeah, bro, that's a ten minute drive, yeah. right? From where they talking about Santa Monica Pier, right, to South Central, USC, where I was coming up yep. around USC, right? Yep. Um, for a kid 11 years old, bro, that shit seemed like another planet. Another planet, hell yeah. Especially then. Especially no, no, then. No, no internet, she, no computers, no, computer, no social no media, internet, no none of that. No understanding. Yep. And no guidance mm-hmm. of, you know, or nobody to say, oh, okay, you want, here, let's go over there. Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah, show let's you go, with, yeah, show you some new things. Uh, yeah, 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 that shit ain't nothing. That shit down the street. Yeah, you yeah. know, because my folks is too busy gangbanging, and you know, trying to keep a. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so my point is that at some point, you you got to make a choice, mm-hmm. and when you you start to realize that this is the norm for you, and this is a reality for you mm-hmm. individually. But this isn't a reality for everybody. Mm-hmm. This is your reality. Mm-hmm. And you are, a kid knows this. And I, I, I have kids and you have kids and you mm-hmm. know this. At some point, a kid knows, okay, even my mom and my daddy, their reality doesn't necessarily have to be my reality. It happens, mm-hmm. it does, man, around 11, 12, 13, you know? Mm-hmm. It's a part of that, you know, that puberty thing that happens. Mm-hmm. But because we always equate puberty to the, the physical yep. and internal changes, nah, but we nah. never think about the mental, mental. and emotional yeah, changes yeah. that are happening with the child, the the, the decision-making, mm-hmm. the, 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 the ability to discern things, mm-hmm. to, to have discernment, to yeah. know, okay, wait, my daddy ain't shit. <laughs> or my mama ain't yeah. not like that, yeah, but no, you know what I'm saying. No, like, wait, yeah. hold on, no. Well, yeah, maybe that's not the right path for me. For me, and, yeah. and 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 it's obvious through prison, and you know, seeing them laying in the bed, whatever you know. Yeah, the things that you're seeing, you know that. Wait a minute, these aren't the right choices for them, mm-hmm. right? And you know, luckily for me, I had um, again, like I said, a grandmother. I had examples far off in the distance that led me to believe that the choices that my parents were making, even though they affected me directly, weren't necessarily the choices that I had to make. Mm. And and that, you know, their hardships um, are their hardships. You know, these are, these are choices that they made. Yep. You know, they had, you know, every opportunity to focus and buckle down and, you know, you get to that point where, that, and I think that's why I, I had a kid, though, Mike, at 14. Mm. You know, that girl you just, just mm-hmm. left here, you know, you see yeah. her, you know, and how we build and all that. Because yeah. she grew up with me. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Yep. She was born when I was still growing. Mm-hmm. 
Because at that by that time at 14, I had already figured out, like, hold on now, I can do what you're doing if this is all that it is. Mm. So then adulthood which is just what you saw in your examples. You know, and, and, and huh. but what I saw was that, okay, you can do it away. I can do it better. And, and not even like I could do it better, but I had such a poor example mm-hmm. that you get that, well, wait a minute. You know, I'm not getting nothing from here. Mm-hmm. I'm giving myself everything or I'm getting it from here and figuring it out, finding examples here, finding examples there. Find, you know what I mean? Yep. And and then when you get to that point where now you, you, you like I say, you remember that physical change and puberty and mm-hmm. everything that happened. You're like, wait a minute. I, okay, I see. I didn't, you know, I didn't see mom and daddy and how they moving. And now, you know, I'm going to move I'm like move. this with yep. this. And, and, and then you get, bam, okay, she's pregnant. Mm. Okay, well, I know that wasn't shit. What I experienced, mm-hmm. and I know I got more love in me and drive for myself in me. I mean, I was 14 saying that, bro. I had which seen is, so which much is a shit. Lot. Yeah, I had seen so much shit though. See, when you see so much and you go, oh no, I can be better than that. And just in the sense of, I don't give a fuck. If I don't make a move, because the Bible says, peace be still. Mm-hmm. So if I don't make a move, and I didn't know this at the time, I'm knowing this now what the Bible says, but at 14, 13, you know, I said, okay, and don't get me wrong, I wasn't perfect. I was selling weed. I'm figuring life out. You know, I had been selling. I sell. Yeah, but you talk about you at 13. You're talking like you yeah. was past your 20s or something. Yeah. Like that's, so you grew up extremely fast, obviously. Oh, my gosh. So the kid, though, was that a conscious choice or was that just bam and you had to fall into that and fall in line and, and then everything kind of clicked, like I'm going to be better. And, as far as what? As far as uh, I mean, drugs you, and all that? Well, not. Nah, did you have a choice to have the kid? Did they... I had a choice. Okay, so, yeah. you, so at 14, you was like, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this yeah. even better than my... Yes, fuck yeah. Yeah. Man, her mama, that's her mama. You just met her, so yeah, no, I got I'm... actual facts. And her mama um, would tell you, because we share this story together. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. It's funny, because her story is different from mine, because see, that's the beauty, is her mama coming from a solid home, mm-hmm. middle class, Latin family, you know, daddy work, mama work, everybody got good jobs, good benefits, kids go to school, private school, you know? Two cars in the family. Everything is beautiful. And same you know? age? Same fucking so how, age. So how did those worlds collide? How did y'all because meet? school. Always mm. school. So then how'd you, how'd, you were in a private school? No, 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 no. Oh. Well, she eventually went to private school because look, oh. after, oh. after <laughs> yeah, after a nigga came around like me, you know, it was get this girl out. Yeah. Yeah. What? He snuck in the window where? Okay, get your ass out of this school. And it was really like that. Uh. You know, it was really with mm-hmm. that. Like, cause I met her mama about 12. You know, and we got to it about 13, if like earliest, if not 12 or something, you know, 13. Yeah, because I remember about 12, I remember. Wow. And, and yeah, man, it was my first love. And then we... Boy, your first love. So y'all was... So it was more than just y'all was just banging and just happened. Bro, me and her mother, that was my first time, her mama. I mean, that's a lot of information, but yeah, her mama. And I was 12 years old. And we stayed together till we was... I was... 22, 23. And, but, all right, but that, then were you looking at that young age for no. that kind of relationship? No. But, but at I the mean, time, I, you, when you have such an absence of something, mm-hmm. you feel me? Mm-hmm. That's how this happens, Mike. Yeah. 
when and that's why they say be a father to your child at OG and the Bulldog. Right? <laughs> right? Right? That's why they say that, right? Because when you have I'm talking about mama gone, man. Mama in the penitentiary, mm-hmm. daddy in the penitentiary. You hear me? Yeah. You got you raised by your grandmother who's in her 60s or you know 50s at this point. You know? Yeah, but what was Big Mama saying? Big Mama don't want like but Big Mama Big Mama just w- don't want to see you go the way your mama went mm. and your daddy went. Okay, but just lot, don't do that. But a lot of people equate having a kid at a very young age, and they did like like and throwing your life away. And they do. Oh, they did. Right. Now, and no, and, and and I have to say that you're right, especially in the late '80s, early '90s. Yeah. The oh, time you I'm was talking about that was it yeah. was like the whole the thing of America was the war on drugs and, and teenage and, pregnancy, and, and Planned so, Parenthood, and Planned Parenthood. That's how it all came. So you yeah. know what it is. And of course, no, it wasn't like it wasn't easy. Like they didn't throw us a baby shower and all that. And, and at that time, you know what I mean? Or like, hey, what, boom, boom, boom. But you're 14. You can't work full time. You can't. Mm-mm, I dropped like, out. That's what I'm saying. So that's out. a lot of decisions. That's, that's a lot, lot of that's, decisions. That's heavy. It's heavy, bro. Right. When I'm talking about heavy, that's why I always give it to God, bro. When you see what's going on in my life, you know, through my career, and, uh-huh. and what, it's God, bro, because everything I'm telling you is stated facts. It's documented. It's actual facts. And 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 yeah, I was making those decisions, but I was selling dope at eleven. I was seeing I was seeing some heinous shit. Bro, I'm talking about batarams coming through my house, house getting shot up 200 times due to my father, Jones mm-hmm. the second. Mm-hmm. He'll tell you. I call him right now on the speaker. <laughs> He'll tell you, and 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 it's not. That's not. I don't glorify that. I don't mm-hmm. say that. I say that to celebrate the glory of God mm-hmm. and what He can do if you give it to Him. Right. Well, you know what I'm saying? I mean, if you looked at a scoreboard. Yeah. And and said, you know, these are all the things you need or, you know, that are going to make you successful in life. Mm-hmm. It, it sounds like you're not on that board. At all. At all at this time. No. Oh, right? my gosh. I don't think I've ever been. Nah, but but I'm I'm not. I, I don't believe that. Mm-hmm. Knowing you. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I'm saying what society would stay, say and think. Right. Right. You you most people, if they would have saw your story, read your story without knowing you. Right. Oh, that kid, he's not making it. Right. He's going to be dead or in prison. Right. He's going to be something like, right. come on, you're selling right. dope at this age. Yeah. You, 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 you having a kid at, at 14, barely a teenager. Yeah. Dropped out of school. Yeah. How, how do you win? How do you stay positive? What do you what are you trusting in at this point? What is what's what's your drive, your motivation? Like, I know the kid, but the kid, but I mean, that's a heavy situation. Yeah, you you, you know the the situation is that drives that drove me and still drives me. Um even at a young age is cuz I had such a resentment. And I didn't know it then, but mm-hmm. I had such a I guess yeah, you could say it was a resentment and I had such an example of what not to do, man. It was truly that for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I had a real, so it was like some real movie shit. I, I'm real at this point, probably where I'm at in my career, write a movie or a book about it. But because it was some other shit, you know, it, it really shaped me. I say it molded me. And it, 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 I had so, like, that's why if you listen to my music and like throughout my career, especially early on in my rap career, I had so much angst, mm-hmm. you know, and you know that, yeah. you know, and, and, yeah. and it, it, and it came out lyrically poetic in so many ways, but it still had a lot of angst in there and, and, and aggression and, of course. and all that. Um, because I, I had, you know, so much, I think pent up anger and resentment based off of my parents, you know, yep. and, and the way they, you know, me being their first child, mm-hmm. me being, 
um, a, a child with, you know, an, an, an indifference, you yep. know, genetically that I felt they gave me because mm. they connect, you know, it's them. They it's came, them I came from did, them. So did you blame them? Yeah, and, of course. And, but, hold on, but actually, but speak on that for anybody that doesn't know you. Well, okay, well, I'm an African-American man with mm -hmm. albinism, mm -hmm. you know, um, a very beautiful um, genetic condition that doesn't produce melanin. It allows a human being and or, or whatever living thing is yep. that, that yep. we're speaking about to not produce melanin. Mm -hmm. um, and all living things, every all of God's creatures, everything God ever created that is a... a, a walks on this earth mm -hmm. where however many legs it has or tail or whatever um, including human beings first in the image of God mm -hmm. he gave the trait of albinism and I think mm. he did that to dispel any conversations about how many gods there are because mm. only one God could have created all things, all things with one genetic trait mm. same trait that's mm -hmm. not scientific that's God my brother mm -hmm. and it's just the truth all things down mm -hmm. to roaches. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. So with that, um, you know, I did, and I, you know, it's funny you use the word. I like that though, Mike, that you said blame them. Mm -hmm. Did you blame them? Because then that means that you're seeing it, and I'm saying in my, I'm speaking to me, mm -hmm. so not you're seeing it, yep. but that I'm seeing that because I did blame them. Because mm -hmm. at a time, if, if you're a kid mm -hmm. and and you're in the hood. And no one looks like you in the neighborhood, yeah. right? Uh -huh. But you are black, and yep. your parents look like everybody else's parents and everybody else, but mm -hmm. no one looks like you. And everybody can't really understand why. Mm -hmm. The kids in your neighborhood don't know because they aren't taught. The mama's in the neighborhood and the daddy's in the neighborhood on fucking crap. Mm -hmm. So they don't know their ass from their appetite. Yep. So they can't tell the kids, oh, that's what that is. Mm -hmm. So see what I'm saying? So then mm -hmm. when they come out, it's a domino effect of ignorance, yep. bias, and, and, and dysfunction and, and ridicule. And at that point, you it does turn into a blame. Mm -hmm. And if your parents aren't there who made you, who you blame, yep. to say, this is what you are. This is who you are. This is why you are. We made you. Mm -hmm. God made you. Mm -hmm. This is what it is. Mm -hmm. You know? Yep. Um, there's no positive reinforcement. There's, oh, my there's, God. You're just kind of lost. You're, oh, you're just, my you're, God. You're, like, set out to sea. You know, it, you're, it's just, oh, to the glory like the crew, of God. the cruise ship is there, and you're thank on, like, you, the little, you mm, know. I just got to say thank you, Jesus, because when you think about it, that's fucked up. Mm -hmm. And and you you so my point though is that you are going to of course be lost. Mm -hmm. If you're lost, then you're looking for something. Mm -hmm. If you're lost, yep. if you lost something, then you're looking for mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Yep. So that idea. We'll have a young man in school falling in love. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Okay. With the first pretty girl. And not the first pretty girl. I, I don't like the way that sounds because that's not the truth, too. And But no, but with, because when I met her mother, and that's just truth. She'll probably hear this and trip out. Like, it was true love. We were really in love. Like, you know, I was talking to some girl, and she was talking to another dude at the time. And, you know, and we clicked. You know, I gave her the Malcolm X bio autobiography or, <laughs> and a couple of books to read. and Because uh, at that time, I had started to try to find myself because rap music 
had started to open up and groups like Boogie Down Productions mm. and Public Enemy mm. and X-Clan and all these things mm -hmm. started to open Four up. Four Righteous Teachers. Four Righteous Teachers and so on and so forth started to open up the minds mm. of young impressionable children. Mm -hmm. Jungle Brothers and De La Soul and Tribe Called Quest and these things started to open the minds up of yeah. young impressionable children mm -hmm. who at one time had no fathers, mm -hmm. had no, you know what I'm saying? But also they provided that image you were missing. Right? Exactly. Just That's like what I'm you said on TV, yeah. they didn't have that. They didn't have and, that. And, and, and we're going to touch on this heavy. Right. But that's what hip-hop is. That's what hip-hop is. Right? Hip-hop yes. is that voice, that yeah. reflection. Yeah. And now the 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 true, like, definition. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. That's why I say it's, it's, it was, it, it was though they, because we had no, you know, I had no father and had no mother. Yep. These people, mm -hmm. you know, these songs, these words, these poems hmm. became... Your gospel, gospel music. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, did it? Yeah. yeah, it became gospel, and then and and that carried over. I think, and that's what brought me to this point today because me having that absence, hmm. and then you know finding companionship in someone who who, and then 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 remember what I said about her mother. Hmm. She came from the ideal family, hmm. something more similar than I'd ever seen to what what's on TV. So that's what I was say. They're a See TV fan. They're one of them TV fans. Yeah. yeah. So then, so then it's like, oh my God. Mm. I'm, on, I'm on TV or, or, in or real just, life you, or, you, but you gravitate toward that <laughs> yeah, yeah. you want that yeah, yeah. so you want to be close mm -hmm. to that and up under that and next to that mm -hmm. you know and and connected with that and bonded with that and 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 there you go with, with, with that daughter that beautiful um, girl that just left here um, it, that happens in a couple of years of that you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying and you guys start discovering sex and all this together and you know just everything together um, and and you grow up fast, and you start to go. Okay, this is must. This must now. This is what happens, right? You go at fourteen. You go. Okay, this must be what my mother and daddy, my mama and daddy went through mm. before they had me at some point. Or you hope. Mm. Oh Jesus. Or you hope, mm. right? And you go. Hmm. They were at this point at some point. In love at Magic Mountain, riding the roller coaster, <laughs> wearing the same gear. We're, ooh, 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 ooh. Hey man, thank you Jesus. They was wearing the same gear because me and her mama, we did that. Oh, I know. I can tell you a story. Me and her mama, Heaven Mama, who just left, we was at uh, Magic Mountain one time in the same motherfucking airbrush T-shirt, nigga, and got into a fight. She got into some fight with some bitches, and we had the guy to stomp her nigga out, and we got into it and got kicked out of Magic Mountain. It was crazy, but yeah. And then took the picture outside. Like. Okay, that type of shit. You know what it is. We from the same shit, so you know what it is. You know what I'm saying. But but you know, and, and forgive me, forgive me. You know, I'm a man of God, but I come from, you know. I mean, you and, are who you are. I am who I am know. before I got here, uh, and and so, you know, you gum and you and you think to yourself in the in the however cerebral you may be, you may think to yourself and you go, oh well, this must be what my mom and daddy went through. Uh huh. Mm. <laughs> this must be what my mama and daddy went through. And then you start to think, well, I got the same gumption as him. Mm. Because he's not even here. Mm. And I'm here. Mm -hmm. And we learn first as men that showing up is half the battle. Mm -hmm. Right? Yep, yep. So then you go, well, wait a minute, he's not even here and I'm here. So I can do this just by being here. Mm -hmm. 
He's not even fucking here. So you had the, the mental fortitude oh, yes, to make sir. that. So let me ask you this. Yo, and this That's is, why I give it to God, Mike. Would, would knowing the life you've led and the knowledge you've gained in the years of, of, of evolving as a human being and, and aging, would you do and make that same exact decision at that same age? Hmm, that's a great question, man. Hmm. I've struggled with that. Um, I, I do believe that hindsight is twenty twenty. Mm -hmm. I do believe that, you know, and I'm a man who suffers from low vision. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> 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 follow me on that, right? For sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I, I truly believe that, and... Um, I, 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 but then at the same time, I am a believer that all things work together for the good mm -hmm. for those who love the Lord and are called to his purposes. So I, I, I am a more of a firm believer in that than anything. Mm -hmm. And I know that when I look at my life over and I continue to live this life, that he had a plan in it, mm -hmm. you know, the times where I, I missed death by inches, yep. you know, when they shot the bullet mm -hmm. and it went into my ass instead of my abdomen, mm -hmm. you know, or when he swung the knife and it scraped my head instead of my throat, mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, giving me a daughter at 14, you know, and that girl ain't never went without nothing mm -hmm. she you see her she she's done everything that i haven't done mm -hmm. graduate from a university mm -hmm. drive cars around new york mm. <laughs> and that's just because i refuse to drive in new york <laughs> i always tell her she's a better driver than me because she would drive in new york but um you know just she's done so many things that i haven't done already at mm. 24 you know yep already yeah. I don't, I don't think that, and again, you shouldn't live a life of regret. And I wasn't trying to yeah. ask that question. No, for no, no, that no. But, I, but my point is just that that I know that as much as I know, in hindsight, you make better decisions if you could. And it, and I, and I don't suggest. This is why mm -hmm. I say that. Yep. Because I don't want my twenty-four-year-old having a child at fourteen. Mm -hmm. See, well, you didn't want, her. of course not. And yeah. and check this out, when her growing up, uh -huh. how she grew up. When she came of age and started liking boys and all that uh, shit, right? And she wanted to introduce me to one of them little niggas, right? <laughs> and, 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 uh, you know, and she says and articulates to me, you know, oh no, I don't want to have kids right now. <laughs> I'm going to wait. Well, but does she say, that's because of how she saw you guys coming up when she was younger and what the sacrifices course. that you guys yes, made. Yes, of course. And uh, she appreciates us and loves us and knows uh, that and she appreciates her freedom uh, <laughs> <laughs> and her ability to do it. Uh, <laughs> and, she's, and she's vocal about that and but, I love her for but, it. But real talk, I mean, you know, I was a little bit after you. I was 19 when I had okay. my first kid. Okay. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't change that shit for the world right. now because yeah. Yeah, I'm about to be... 50 no 47 when my son is in college my youngest son right which is basically he's an adult he's good mm -hmm. so that means from 47 48 on mm -hmm. i can do whatever me and my wife want to do and I keep know. it moving right right 
And I think if we trust that our path is our path and, and as long as we're aware and mm-hmm. not making, you know, the most ridiculous choices, mm-hmm. sometimes there are heavy things that fall into our lap mm-hmm. at a very young age mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that are, we're meant to deal with. Yes, sir. You know, and, and, and man, I, it, it builds our, our, our who we are as men. Yes, sir. You know? And, um, you know, sometimes those sacrifices, we need to learn those things at a young age. Yes, sir. Because we may have gone a complete different direction. I think I would have. If I didn't have a child early, Mm -hmm. if I didn't have something to prove to my parents Mm -hmm. and myself, right, that, because that's what I'm saying ultimately in all the things that I just said. Yep. That I, I was a man on a mission, I think, early on. But you are a young man on a mission. Young man. I'm still a young man on a mission. Yeah. You know, I, I was a young man on a mission early on to kind of prove to myself, right, that true love exists. Mm. And that, and that, and that when you do love something, mm-hmm. you love it and you don't let it go. And that doesn't mean that you don't let relationships go. But when you have a relationship that, you know, culminates the most beautiful thing you can ever create, mm-hmm. ever, mm-hmm. you cannot outdo it, mm-hmm. right? Then you can't dishonor that. To no. dishonor that, man, you know, even speaking that, saying the words to you, Mike, mm-hmm. in your face, it breaks my heart. Yeah. Honestly, like God wired me different, even like, and as I say, I must have been wired like that from the birth mm-hmm. because it breaks my heart right mm-hmm. now to say, how can you dishonor that? Mm. When I meet men, like I have no respect for that. And is that, that's, but that's how you felt as a kid. As a right? kid, as man. A kid, right? Yeah, man. When her mama came, when we was having all them funds and, you know, ditching school and rolling in the bed and all that fuck shit, you know? I, and, and I say fuck shit, you know, but it wasn't fuck shit, but yeah. it was fuck shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> always kids. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. all that, yeah. Yeah, but it was literally fuck shit. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but when, um, you know, when it came down to the point that, okay, now, like you say, we are that statistic mm-hmm. of two children who, on that puppy love, felt they were in love, running around, young, yeah. dumb, full of cum, and now they got pregnant. Mm-hmm. And they have to face that consequence, you know, and they have to face whatever comes along with that, that ridicule, mm-hmm. that judgment, judgment prejudice, uh, all of that. You know, support, lack of support, mm-hmm. belief, lack of belief, whatever it is, we went through that, me and yep. her mother, and we survived it. And we got that girl through a university with flying colors, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, but, and lived our lives, and achieved our dreams, and mm-hmm. did that. Okay, and I'm not tooting a horn. What I'm saying is that it innately comes from a place of mission mm. to say, hold on. And for me, it was a, a place of, because I come from brokenness and I come mm-hmm. from humbleness. So it, it, it it's, it's, okay, wait a minute, or meekness. And it comes from, okay, well, I'm going to defy that I that, that I was faced with. I always tell people that I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a habitual I defier. You know, <laughs> I, I, I've, I've been living my whole entire life defying yeah. odds. Mm-hmm. And, and that was the first one to say, yo, okay, I come from nothing. My mom and daddy didn't love me enough or I don't know what the fuck they was going through. Mm-hmm. But I know that I got enough love in me for this situation mm. and for myself that I'll never be that. Mm. I'll never do that. You know what I'm saying? Yep. No matter what me and her mama become, go through, whatever. Mm. I know I'll never be that. 
I could never be that. And and, and, and that was, and I mean this, bro. And as she could, you can call her up, whatever. <laughs> at 14, 15 years old, I'm having these conversations with my child's mother's dad. Mm. I'm letting him know. I look, man, I, don't, I come from, because I know I'm a street cat. Yeah. If you can't tell, you know, I, I can be articulate and I can be very, 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 very. But you why know. should we think otherwise? Yeah, exactly. So, but I'm, exactly. But I'm a street cat. So I, I came up really, really hard, fast. So it was hard and fast, pause. And, 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 I, and I came up going, yo, fuck this shit. Hmm. Like all, everything about me was what? I mean, I'm in a crack house, bro. I grew up in a crack house, bro. I, like, I learned how to sell crack. My daddy taught me how to sell crack. Mm -hmm. So I always looked at niggas like, huh? Always, even into adulthood. I looked at niggas like, what? Nigga, I got this shit from my daddy, nigga. I'm not one of them niggas that's trying to be something more. Like, yep. what? Yeah, this was passed down by this blood. Was, yeah. And then my daddy would come and tell him niggas, like, what? Or t whoever, tell the world. He done told the world now, like, what? That? All right, then you got to fuck up. So, and, 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 and being an African-American with albinism in the hood, around that element, you do stand out mm -hmm. for the wrong reasons. Mm. See what I'm saying? Mm. And, and and you stand out more than the average motherfucker. Automatically. You, you spotted like that. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, that was just one of the first things where I started to see, well, this ain't gonna work mm. for me. And 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 then Yo, so so then did that ever change your perspective on how you looked at albinism? It started to. Because right there, that right there, yeah. The first thing I thought, that's a gift. Yeah, it started to become a gift at that point. At that point. Yeah. Which is but speak on that, like, because, again, you know, I, I mean, I don't have any experience and I can't, right? Yeah. Have that experience on your on your side, right? Yeah. A lot of other kids, like, what would you say to the other kids that don't have that, that mental fortitude to say, I'm okay I, and I do have a gift mm -hmm. because I'm still, I'm, I've been created. Right. And I'm a creator and I'm special enough and I, I have everything that I need and I've mm -hmm. been given to be successful in this life. Yeah. Right. right, but a lot of people look at it as a handicap, right? Right, mm -hmm. or as something negative. Mm -hmm. The people that look at it that way don't suffer from it, mm. or I should say, suffer from it. Mm. Don't live with it. Mm -hmm. I, and forgive me for saying that word. Anybody listening, they don't because that's not the right word. Um, they they don't live with it. Anybody that we're, the people that we're talking about mm -hmm. that view something a certain way mm -hmm. are usually the ones that aren't living with it. So it's just ignorance. It's the ones that just have no understanding. It's simple having... as that, my mm -hmm. brother. Think about that. Yeah. The people that we're talking about, when they say, well, how it's viewed, you know, are the people that aren't living with it. People who put a stigma on it, put a label on it, put a prejudice on it. And then that prejudice mm -hmm. for the weak-minded, the weak-spirited, mm -hmm. the emotionally weak, which all of those things are okay to be. So I don't say that as that's a thing to, to look down upon. We all suffer from these 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 100%, occasions. But some 100%, of them aren't as visible, and some of them aren't as visible as others, right? But, but, but we suffer from the the idea of, of of being weak at times inside of our spirit. Thousand percent. So when we are placed, when these views from mm -hmm. others are placed on us, we might start to believe them. Mm -hmm. We they tend to get ingrained yeah, we, we get into who we are and get conditioned who we are. Um, and and I suffer from that too. That yeah. actual. Um, idea, you know, having albinism coming up in the in the hood with around a lot of ignorance. I started to do that, but again, like I say, me coming out of the hood mentality and lifestyle 
and not moving out the hood. But out of that mentality, to know, like, okay, I got a kid on the way, right? It ain't much crime I can do looking this way. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, again, like I say, rap and 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 the message in rap, mm. not just rap, the message in rap started to become the gospel. And it started to give me a new perspective. And then creativity allowed me to express individualism. Mm. And 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 when you're doing that, you start to figure out that you are art, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, because especially in the era we came up in, right, yep. where expression was individual. You know, it wasn't like now everybody looks the same and dresses the Me same, too. right? Right. Back then, you know, in the era, uh, I like to call it the golden era. Uh, you know, where conscious rap was the cool thing mm-hmm. and all of that, right? Yep, to yep. be conscious was cool, mm-hmm. right? And you had knowledge yourself. Di- knowledge yourself was cool and ex- self-expression. So you dressed away, I dressed away, mm-hmm. and we hung out. You know, yep. you cut your pants that way. Yep. I painted on my pants. I wore my sweater this way. You wore your hat that way, yep. and it was all the same. And we and had we all ro- It was all different, and mm-hmm. we all had different. We had different style, yeah. but we were together, mm-hmm. and it was about unity. And it was like I read this book, and you didn't read that book. Take this book. Mm-hmm. Oh, you read that book. Well, give me that book. Mm-hmm. Each one, teach one. Yep. Right? It was all these elements. These things started to feel good to me. Mm. You know? And innately, again, the spirit of God. It, it, even as a and trust, it, children walk with God. Whether they know it or not, God mm-hmm. takes care of the children. It's just the truth. Mm-hmm. Whether they have parents or not, mm-hmm. God takes care of the children. So when that starts to feel good and you start to open up and those those parts of your brain and those parts of your spirit and your psyche start to open up and you start to read and you start to listen and mm. you start to go, okay, wait a minute, okay. I'm just not getting it from here. Mm-hmm. But it's out there. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You're like, wait a minute, I'm just not getting it from home. So I'm old enough now to get on the bus, get on the train, get on whatever, walk, right? And find it mm. and go get it. And that's when you have the kid that's 13, 14, staying out all night in the club, listening to house music, <laughs> listening to hip-hop, going to the Funk Jungle, going to Mr. J's, going to all these clubs around Los Angeles where the hip-hop was, Hollywood Live, what have you. And and and, and that's all on your own? That's all on my own, man. Me and my boys or whoever on the bus. The bus stopped running at 3, so we had to walk the fucking 11 miles home or whatever the fuck it was. Yeah, man. That's what it was, man. Wow. That's what it was. And and just to get away from everything we've known mm. to see something different. We go up here in Hollywood and they, you know, playing hip-hop all night and so and Dev Jeff is performing or mm. so-and-so is performing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And you're like, okay, well, let me go in here and 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 get away from this shit. You know what I'm saying? Because we can slide the, the, the security guard $10 and we ain't got no ID, but he's going to let us we gonna yeah, let us in the yeah. back. And then at that time, too, you know, spots like Hollywood Live or... Club Nouveau, those that know that era, I'm like I say, I'm dating myself. You don't know that if you're from LA. It's all good. Right. But the cats that know that, that a lot of that stuff was hip hop shit in that era, you know, it was before all the bang bang shoot 'em up. So you you know, it was really welcoming the kids and, mm-hmm. and the yeah, house. People, people, people was dancing, people was dancing, dancing in circles yeah, and all that. Yeah. So that was the era, man, and it mm-hmm. really changed my life. Nah. It changed my life, Mike. It it showed me a side of life that wasn't cracked. It wasn't gang banging. It wasn't police raised. It wasn't all of that. And that's just truth, you know. And 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 I kept riding that wave, bro. Hip hop, man. Hip hop. So all the way so who? How did you first get out? Like who? 
you found the club or your friends found the spot? So how did you even? Yeah, I had a friend, man. Um, it's that's a good question too. It's funny, man. You taking me back? You want to know my whole like? I mean, because it Twitter. shapes it shapes who we are. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, um I had a friend, man. Cassine session, man. Um, see, because that's the one thing, because um. Um, I was, this is another blessing from God. Check this out. How, when I started to see it as a blessing is because I'm here, I'm this kid in the hood, um, growing up and I'm African-American with albinism. So I have the trait of low vision mm. and in my neighborhood of South Central at the time, there wasn't a lot of schools that had the materials mm. to educate a kid with low vision. There was only so many schools. And most of them happened to be in good neighborhoods. Uh, and like like Hollywood okay. or like somewhere cool, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So that I would be in the hood and have to have a bus pick me up from the hood and take me to Hollywood okay. here and there. That's actually where I met her mama. Because her mama was also from the hood getting bused to another school. Because mm. I actually ended up going to a performing arts school. And her mom was going to that school as well, and that's how we met, you know. But we both from two perspective hoods in the uh, neighborhoods in South Central, but we met at this school in Hollywood, right? So me, that is when, and now I'm like older now, mm. you know. When I start to realize, and at the time when I'm doing it, I just hate school. I don't want to yeah. take this bus, mm -hmm. you know, the yellow bus. You know, yeah. I'm the kid. You don't want to. You the kid getting on the bus. Going you don't want to take strangers. the bus. You know, yeah. you don't want to get on the bus and go with these strangers way across town to another neighborhood and just go to school and then get bussed way back across town to your ghetto ass life. Yep. So you're going through that. But at the same time, in hindsight, I started to look at it and go, wow, okay, God, you gave me a condition innately, automatically, mm -hmm. that was going to protect me. Mm. I was in it, but I, I didn't have to be of it. Because yep. I'm going to give you another perspective. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I'm going to show you every day another perspective. You're going to go around Russian kids, Latin kids, Armenian kids, black kids, black kids from other perspectives and walks of life, all of these things. And 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 that's what started to open me up, bro, honestly. Yeah. And even in elementary, it started, man. But it started to take real... Even, seriously, elementary, it started. And, and then... Um, I can tell you the brothers, I, I, I st they're still, they're so pivotal in my life. Brothers like Patrick and Dwayne, they're so pivotal in my life because they were examples of another side of life, bro. Mm. I would go spend a night at these guys' house and you know okay. that? It was that yeah. because they gave me the flip of the coin. And um, and and I loved it. And like I say, they pivotal in my life. They're my friends right now. They came in the door, it'll be like nothing, <laughs> you know? And, and, and I haven't even talked to Patrick or Dwayne in a long time, but it's, we had such a thing. And then... You know, like I say, junior high school, high school, my man Cassine Session, who I ended up meeting in, in school in Hollywood, but he was a, a cat from the hood. He was from the neighborhood, from the jungles. Okay. But then his moms ended up getting a, a cool job and being a smart woman and moved to Hollywood. Mm. So she, her school, her kids were going to school in Hollywood, just one in that time. And, and and he and actually his mom was originally from New York, so that's what it was. His mom was originally from New York, so okay. she ended up in the hood for a minute and then was like, you mm. know what? Nah, I can do better. Yeah, I can yeah. do better than this. I'm out of here. <laughs> and went into the hood. So I ended up meeting him. His sister, oh man, this is great. Lisa Session <laughs> was a record executive at Jive. Mm. His sister was. At the time. At the time, bro. This was like early before R. Kelly, right in that time of 
Tribe and R. Okay. Kelly coming like early to when R. Kelly was through with public announcement. I only said it because me and Kasim got cool. He was cool with everybody. Kasim was a cool kid in school because his sister worked for the record company. He had a good heart. So he would get all the promo items from school, mm -hmm. right? From the record, from, label. From the record label uh -huh. and bring them to school. Yeah, hell yeah. He the cool nigga. Hey, he comes hey, to hey. school with a backpack full of promo items and yeah. promo CD sing um, um, cassette <laughs> singles. This was still cassette singles. He passing them out to the homies and to the girls. All the girls like him and shit. Because he got the shit. Or he got a t-shirt, the TLC t-shirt on. Or he's, you know, because his sister worked at the fucking label. Hell yeah. You know what I mean? So me and him clicked up on the whole hip-hop shit and dancing and, you know, having so many things in common. Girls and all of that. And, and um, word up, man. And, 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 and he was just one of them kids that was in the know. He's yeah. still in the know. Like, he was real. If people don't, like, this cat, he's so influential, like, as an adult. He's very pivotal in the whole, that whole jerking shit and that, mm -hmm. that whole, you know, that movie Rise and all that shit. My yep, man yep. who I'm talking about is the main, like, he, the orchestrator of all that shit. Okay. So, anyway, um, so he opened me up. Like, mm -hmm. yo, you know, and he's opening me up to music. He giving me music. He giving me shit. He like, yo, it's a club. You don't have to be 21. You can. It's like 14 and up or whatever mm. and up. Come, let's go to this party. It's during the day or it's, when, when it's at night on Friday night. And boom, boom, let's go. We can catch the bus. Don't trip. Boom, boom, boom. Come meet me at my house. Catch the bus to my house and then we're going to go to this. But he was one of them cats, you know? And man, me and him clicked, bro. He was my best friend in the world for a long time until mm. he did some fuck shit. <laughs> but and he's still my friend. I love him to death, but you know how that goes. Yeah, he, sure. We was growing in 1920, did some fuck shit and, and, and told my baby mama I was cheating. Or he really did. <laughs> Let me tell you what he did. There ain't nothing we can talk about now. He told, he, he, he told his girl his girl at the time. You know how that go. Yeah, pillow talk yeah, shit. Yeah, pillow he talk, told his uh -huh. girl I'm what I was doing. I'm opening up to my girl. I'm being honest with you. Don't tell. I'm going to tell you a secret. Don't tell nobody. And your girl tells my girl. What are you of doing? Of course. So anyway, uh, that was the end of us. And, but before that, man, we was thick as thieves, bro, to the mm -hmm. point where people still know me and that brother as together. Like, I remember when you and bro. Um, and my grandmother still asked me about, bro. Mm -hmm. So, like, that changed my life, G. Yeah. Next thing you know, bro, and I mean it, that that was like, oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Dang, man. I mean, every day of my life became that. You know, it, wow. then school became fun. School became so fun that we stopped going to school. <laughs> well, because now you feel like you're in a different place. You've you got new people. Place, you're new. seeing different things. It's bro. all a whole new world. Oh, my God. And now, one thing I was listening to you say, uh, is I felt like, yeah, we all learn from true experience right we can yeah. read as many books as we want right mm -hmm. without putting all that in the action and experiencing things right so you could see things on tv until you saw that them shits was real or there was actual people like that or you could attain that kind of what you may have thought is happiness or perfection at the time for what a family should be but just or just some sense of normalcy man without yeah. the chaos and drama mm. and confusion because mm -hmm. everything wasn't perfect like a scene shit wasn't perfect like that but it wasn't fucking chaos and confusion mm -hmm. You know, and, and everybody else, it's like, all my friends, it's funny, man, when I look at them, you know, I have some friends whose situations were similar, but at that time, I think I gravitated toward people that were different in their life. I mean, you know? we're energy beings, right? Yeah. So we're attracted to other people with similar energy yeah. and similar openness. Right. And sometimes if we're different and we don't accept that difference, we shut ourselves off. Right. But when we open ourselves up, Right. Other things start to come in. Mm -hmm. And we attract 
positive. We right. attract good things into our life. And what you attracted was people that made you feel normal. Normal. Right? Yeah. And gave me a way out and not look. I gotta say, me and that brother came thick as thieves and we just start going out, man, everywhere, man. I mean, and, and that's when I started to figure out that how important being there is. Mm. At a young age, I learned being there. Mm. Oh, man, Mike, did I learn that? And then what I learned is that, wait a minute, and I learned this young. I learned this young. I learned this young. And that, I think it's that's when they start to figure, like, okay, God, you made me special for a reason. Mm. You made me different for a reason. Because everywhere I go, if I go one time, mm -hmm. when I come back, <laughs> they gonna remember you. Everybody <laughs> remembers me. <laughs> so then you gotta and keep I it positive. Mean that. One, you gotta keep it positive. Uh. But then you start to like go, okay, it, it's like almost your first hint of fame. Mm, it's your first mm, hint of fame. Okay, talk about it. Talk it's your about first hint of fame. Okay. It's your first hint of fame. Huh. Uniqueness. To anybody listening right now, when you are different, when you are unique, genetic uniqueness or um, hereditary uniqueness. Um, I don't want to get too deep in the different departments and the specifics that that could fall under. You listening, just know that everybody is a star. Mm -hmm. Every nigga is a star. Mm -hmm. And all God's creations are a star, are stars. When you have a room full of people and you walk in the room and no one in the room is like you, uh -huh. that makes everyone in the room the sky and you the star. Uh -huh. And when you realize that, you walk into rooms with your head high uh -huh. and a smile on your face. Uh -huh. And when you come back, and you leave that room, you're two things if you do that. You're remembered mm -hmm. and welcomed again. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Right? And I started to figure that out early, mm. Mike, honestly, through the clubs and going places. and You know what I'm saying? And when yeah. I come back, they say, hey, man, I remember you. They wouldn't remember nobody. Uh-huh. They wouldn't. <laughs> the same niggas was yeah. here last week. Yeah. Yeah. And then. But if he was the angry yeah, if I was, the, and sometimes was, I was though. See, that's one thing I would say. I want to say I was like no angel. Mm -hmm. That's the thing is I had to learn it, you know, and through trial and error, good and bad, the negative shit. I had to learn it. I had to do some fuck shit, be running down the street, and the police only see me. What do you think gave you this self awareness? Was it was it the relationship with your parents, or was it albinism, or the lack of relationship? With my that's parents. what I'm saying. Well, yeah, but what, what do you think gave you this? It was a lack, bro. I'm gonna be honest, man. I tell people this all the time, and acting has revealed this to me again. Mm. Acting has revealed this to me again because you know I've gone through so many phases in my career, and and as a kid, not having a mother and a father, having a father being in the street, selling dope, in prison, pimping hoes, blah, blah, blah. A mama in the street, selling dope, selling herself, doing all this kind of shit, mm -hmm. gone all the time, bro. Mm -hmm. I raised myself mm -hmm. until my granny said, this is too much, and then she wanted to take me. Or some other, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Pillar to post, as yep. they say, right? Yep. My point is, I am a child, nine, 10, 11, maybe since seven, 9, 10, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, spending way 
too much time by himself. Mm. But again, all things work together for the good. And when you read, and when I study the Word of God, and I study great, great, great men and prophets and scholars and coaches and whatever, these men became great also in a lot of solitude, mm -hmm. a lot of quiet, a lot of peace, a lot of inner working. That's how it happened. And unbeknownst to me, when you're a nine-year-old or a 10-year-old or 11-year-old and you're in a house for three days, Mike, or four days, no parent in sight, eating peanut butter and jelly, listening to Metallica and Guns N' Roses and Public Enemy and Gangstar or whatever, talking to some girl on the phone, trying to get a letter hump on you, you know, uh, <laughs> jerking on your dick, doing everything you can do, you're going to find yourself. Uh. You're going to find yourself, brother. Huh. You're going to find yourself. You go outside. You go and see the homies on the block. You go ride your bike. You go throw the football. But what happens when you come back in the house? Mm -hmm. Everybody else got to go in the house. You ain't got no mom or daddy telling you to come in the house. Mm -hmm. So you can stay out with the big homie who can stay out later. Mm -hmm. Then eventually, then you out here like, let me go in the house. And you go in the house and you by yourself. And you and you and and you and you and you find yourself. And I think that that's how I know it's a God because in that time, you you God is putting spirit in you. He's putting discernment in you. He's putting anger in you, which is good. It could fuel you. He's putting resentment in you. He's putting direction in you. He's putting do and don't in you. All these things. And and, and as a young man, yeah, you start to look and go, hold the fuck up. You start to find your worth. You start to find your value. You start to get acclimated to survival. Hmm. I mean, you sound like you're going through things I went through when I was in my 20s. Right, <laughs> like, right. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's hard to, it's yeah. hard to grasp that, as you say, in 9, yeah. 10, 11. Yeah. You hear a lot of these stories that go the opposite direction. Yeah, man. They end up on drugs. I know. They follow in that same path, right? I know. I um, liked weed. I think, and I didn't discover weed. I didn't like drugs. Yeah. I saw what drugs did. <clears throat> I liked to sell them, and then when I was selling them, and I saw what that was, and then I saw I, w I could get in a lot of trouble for that. I didn't like that yeah. either, you know. And it wasn't even about no scary shit. I just, I didn't like jail. I like, I like smoking weed, and I liked pussy, and my freedom, you know. <laughs> I, I, honestly, bro, I, I, you know, it wasn't that serious to me. Mm. A job ain't that ain't that hard. Mm -hmm. Jail is harder than the job. For sure. Got me fucked up. For sure. So, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. But, but that being said, but, and, I, and I've seen that early too. But that's, again, nine years old, man. So, who gave you your first book? Because you said you read a lot at a young age. Mm. How did you, was it something that was in the house already? Mm. Man, that's a good one. Um. I gotta say, I think I gotta again. I gotta attribute it to hip hop, man, mm. because you know, you know, because then you know, we're coming up in the NWA era, especially mm -hmm. on the West Coast, right? Yep. And then you have this popularity that hit around, you know, the late '80s, '90s, you know, with, um, um, you know, Karis One and Public Enemy and. Uh, Ice Cube leaves N.W.A. and you don't hear from him for a while, you know. Mm. 
Remember that? Mm -hmm. He leaves. And then he comes back. Oh, does he? Mm. Oh, boy, does he? Oh, boy. But in the time that he left, in the time that he left, a film came out called Do the Right Thing mm. in 1989. Yep. And I always get emotional about this because do the right thing was so important to me, is so important to me. Mm -hmm. Because one, by that time, I had already made up my mind that my mom and daddy wasn't shit. Mm -hmm. I had really confidently stood on it like a rock. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have any children yet. Mm -hmm. And I, was, I had been shot by this time. I had been stabbed by this time. I had sold dope by this time. And I was living with my auntie, rest in peace, Elvie McCain, my grandmother's daughter. And I had met my daughter's mother and I was in love with her. And I thought I was. And Do the Right Thing came out. And this was in the era of bootlegs, right? And I watched that movie, Mike, every single day for 330-something days. Like, every, my aunt, if she was here, would tell you. I was in her house. Every fucking day. I don't care, bro. I watched it to the point where niggas thought I was from New York. <laughs> what was it about the movie that, that brought you that? It showed me who I was, mm. how I was viewed, mm. you know? Like, you gotta think this was before Boys in the Hood. Mm -hmm. See what I'm saying? And Colors was some funny ass shit yeah, to us. Yeah. See what I'm saying? <clears throat> so it wasn't a lot of movies. And New Jack City was too sensationalized. You know? Yeah, yeah. So we... Yeah. And New Jack City was after, right? And was it after? Yeah, that was after. I don't remember. Yeah, I think that was, was after. it after? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, that was after. Okay, it was after. Uh, but it it gave me an idea of race. Okay. And it gave me an idea mm. of culture I had never seen, but knew was there mm -hmm. because I'd heard it in the songs. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That's why Spike the coldest nigga. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because he showed you culture that born the hip hop. Not the hip hop culture. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the culture. Mm -hmm. I understand. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Rosie Perez looked just like the girl I was in love with. I was about to say that. That's what I was about to say. <laughs> Bro, if you see her mama, I'm going to show it to her right now. <laughs> that's what I was about. I'm going to show you her mama. I'm going to show you her mama. I was like, I knew. I knew uh, that was coming. At the time, she was like a little rosy mm -hmm. red, bro. Mm -hmm. It was surreal to me. Mm -hmm. I was like, wait a minute. It, I, it was me. Mm -hmm. Like, I was living it. Mm -hmm. I'm serious, bro. To yeah. where I did the ice shit and everything. 
Mm. I did everything, bro. <laughs> in my auntie house, in the closet. Uh, Used to have to make the pallet in the closet, yeah. you know, in case they come in, you know. We hiding in the closet, you know. <laughs> Man. You know what I'm saying? So... I mean, you know, I'm telling you about my childhood, but that's just, it's the truth, man. Mm -hmm. When that came out and shot the spike because it gave a kid from South Central Los Angeles such a clear view. Mm. That's why I love, I think I love, I, I, I fell in love with the arts at that point. Mm -hmm. I was already in love with it. I love dancing. I love, but at that point, because I wasn't rapping in, I wasn't making beats, mm -hmm. I wasn't acting or none of the shit I'm doing now at all. And even, you know, nothing. I just wanted to get the fuck out the hood. Mm -hmm. And, for a night and at that I watched it over and over and over and over and the dialogue bro I never heard no shit like that I had never and honestly you know I'm a kid yeah. I'm 13 12 whatever I am I'm like what the fuck and then these niggas got the Jordans on and these niggas is <laughs> like you know it's like all this shit that Style, you're getting at flavor. one time yeah, yeah. the jersey shit early like think how early this nigga was on shit yeah. But that was kind of a reflection of the environment of New York. Like, that's what was popping. So so as a kid from South Central, who only saw that in a couple rap videos or other things. A couple. To see that really drawn out into a full story and felt like you was really in Bed-Stuy. Bro. Like, and it wasn't, even in the rap videos, it wasn't done so eloquently. Oh, no, of course not. In the rap videos, it was sensationalized. It was kind of just... Or overdone in the sense that we're going to... Or know, underdone. Or, it was either overdone or underdone, underdone at that point. Mm -hmm. And then you didn't get the characters of bugging out, man. Mm -hmm. That character to me mm -hmm. was everything I wanted to be. Even the hint of gentrification was crazy. The hint of gentrification. Thank you. I was going to go there. Like that, I was fucking like going there. Like, like he was so early on what the world early, was becoming. Early. Yo, that shit just happened. It just happened. That shit just happened like five years ago, bro. Like that shit just happened. <sighs> See what I'm saying? So I'm not lost when I say that. I'm clear when mm -hmm. I say this, mm -hmm. that Spike was such a... That's why the movie is what it is, though. That's why it's the iconic thing, because he had done other movies before that. But mm -hmm. this embodied such a culture display mm -hmm. that was so accurate and true to life mm -hmm. and exposed in a time pre-internet, pre-interviews mm -hmm. and all this podcast and all this shit of expose and all this thing. It was so pre that, that you're right. Like, okay, we didn't have low end theory at that point, brother. Mm -hmm. We didn't have it. Mm -hmm. We didn't have the greatest, one of the greatest hip hop records at that time. We didn't have all this shit. Yep. You know what I'm saying? That that came out of. All those things came out of that. So what I'm pointing is when I'm saying you're seeing these characters, you're seeing a Mookie, you're seeing Bugging Out, you're seeing, you're going, what the fuck? The style, the language, Samuel L. Jackson, mm -hmm. uh, 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 the We Love Radio, mm -hmm. that character that he played, Sam, mm -hmm. that was Samuel L. Now think about that for me. I'm, I'm talking to myself now as an actor, and I study Samuel L., took his master class, you know, online twice, and all this <laughs> shit. I love him to death, right? And 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 he's one of the greatest thespians of our time, honestly, bro. But my point is that think about that, man. Spike was in, had Sam in all those movies, mm -hmm. but that character, man, that fucking character right there. And he's played a lot of characters, great ones yep. that are memorable. A lot of them in Spike movies. I mean, you know what I'm saying, Gator. I mean, come on. Mm -hmm. But my point is, he. 
he just captured some shit, man. And it influenced me to want to be greater, to want to be greater than what I was seeing in front of me. The fact, the, the fact that he was so adamant about getting his paper for his baby. Now, even if he was bullshit, mm-hmm. he was adamant about mm. that. You know what I'm saying? He held his dignity at the end. You know what I'm saying? Even though he threw he threw the money at him, and he th- he's like, man, <laughs> fuck that shit. All right, bro. You want to be like that? I don't want your money. Okay, you going to be like that? I'm going to take your money. Because at the end of the day, you know what I'm saying? It is what it is. Mm-hmm. I, I, was, I studied it at, and at, and at, at 13, at this time, 14, I go, okay, I'm not, I'm not, you're not going to take the blinders off me. Mm-hmm. You're not going to take the blinders off me. If this is fight the power, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Fight the powers that be. Mm -hmm. Okay. Say no more. That's where I was at that point. Mm -hmm. Say no more. Oh, but you got to, what was the book though? Uh, uh, what was uh, the first book? We gotta get that one. Uh, the first book. I know book. the movie. That's crazy with the influence and hip hop, a hundred percent, right? Yeah. Which is crazy because now, right? It's foreign at this time to hear how much of a positive influence hip hop could have on somebody, right? Because we don't have those groups right now. You got a few artists, right? But at that time, you named six, seven, it's and there's more still, than that. and that's what I'm saying. Yeah. There's way more than that yeah. that we left off. Yeah, man. Right? Like we mentioned, poor Edge teachers earlier. Oh my god. You know. Uh, uh, X Clan earlier, you mentioned. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you can go Jungle on. Brothers. Jungle Brothers. Uh, I mean, De La Soul, all of, all Queen of that, Latifah. You know? uh, I mean, you know, we can go on and on with that, right? right? And and we learned, I mean, shit, Brand Nubian. Main source. You know? We can just go back and forth. And, and again, they were spreading knowledge. Right. They were sharing it. Mm-hmm. Not to say I'm better than you, I'm bigger than you, you're mm-hmm. stupid. Mm-mm. They're saying we should all be proud. We should, we should do the knowledge. We should, we should have knowledge itself. Mm-hmm. You know, um, one for all, all for one, one right? For all, all for one, right? So all of these positive reinforcement of things, and to you, like you said, your influence for reading and absorbing knowledge came from hip hop. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which is which is crazy. It is. It you is. Know? It is. And I think that's what I I I, I want. I think it was the first book I got. I want to say was the autobiography of Malcolm X. Mm-hmm. And I want to say, I want to say that my dad, my dad's second wife, or he's really his first wife because he never remember my mom. My dad's first wife had, when they split, when my dad and her split, she ended up dating this other guy. <laughs> and... I, I want to say he had it in his house because mm. I was staying with her at the time my dad was in prison and he had it at his house and then I picked the book up and I started to read it and he was into Malcolm X really heavy. He even had the Malcolm X glasses and all that. <laughs> and 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 he gave me some bars on Malcolm and then um, from there I got like, I got really interested and then I like I say, um, I had nobody and no influence, and that book of Malcolm sparked me to want to study Islam. Mm. And I start. I I went and bought from I don't know what bookstore at the time it was a bookstore. Um, wasn't Barnes and Noble, <laughs> but at, at a bookstore at the time, I went and bought like the the like the the real, just not even the holy 
one, but like the real paperback version of the Quran. It's mm. just like generic, just not generic, but it has. It's like not even you know broken down in surahs. It's just a book mm. just, that you just read, you know. And, and it says, you know, Quran on it, spelled with a K and K O R A N, and and it has a just simply just says Quran. It was a paperback book. And I remember I, I brought that in the house to my stepmom's house. And she tripped out because she's a Christian woman. Mm. <laughs> and she was like, and I was 13, and she's like, what are you bringing this book in my house for? What are you reading? And, and that's when I started to figure out, too, like, okay, this is bullshit, you know, <laughs> in the sense of, like, okay, every like, I'm my own man. You know uh -huh. what I'm saying? I'm going to read what I want to read. I'm going to figure this shit out on my own. Like, nobody's telling me anything at this point. Don't start now. Or don't try to give me something now. Like mm. I really became that, and then, and then, and at that point, I kept going, bro. Mm. I never stopped. I'm still. I'm here right now because I I never look back. I promise you, I never look back. Oh man, we gonna stop it right there, man. Lots going on, lots to talk about. Dropped a lot of jewels, um, but we gonna stop and save the rest for part two. So check in with us soon. Follow us at Mask Off Pod. And we're going to see you in a few. One.